0: Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, you can turn over to Genesis chapter 30. Last week, we continued on in this uh, study and saw, uh, I think, a couple of other valuable lessons. And... uh, some things that we saw with Jacob and his wives and their handmaidens uh, were very important, uh, again, lessons, I think. Uh, the first one was this, that we saw, that when we rush and do it our way, we make a mess. When we rush and do it our way, we make a, we make a mess. And that, that can happen in just about everything, just like we're seeing with relational things, with um, jobs, with uh, ministry, anything. So when we rush and do it our way, we make a mess. And then on the flip side, point number two was, though, when we wait and trust God to do it His way, we see the miracles. And uh, again, that, that's not always fun because, you know, I, I, years and years ago, I preached a, uh, a, a message, a couple of messages. One of them was entitled Convenient Christianity, and the other one was entitled uh, Microwave Christianity and it's just that uh, we live in that era right we live in and i mentioned this uh about you know punching a button and and the, it being worn up just like that we went to uh, a deli i think it was yesterday and uh, they left bacon off my sandwich <laughs> not good don't leave the bacon off i mean you can throw the sandwich away and just give me the bacon but So I I took a couple bites and like something is missing. Bacon is missing. So I went back up to the counter and said, "Hey, my sandwich didn't have any bacon." They're like, "Okay, do you you want some bacon?" Yes, I need some bacon. And so they asked if I wanted it heated up, and I said, "Absolutely." And you know, people have different ways, but I saw him. I don't know what he was doing, but he put whatever the bacon was in something on something, and he opened the door, put it in there, and it was just a couple seconds, and I had that delicious it was a bowl of bacon it was he put a whole bowl. I was asking if and this is this is something if I'm asking if other people at the table want some of my bacon there was a lot of bacon in there um, anyways uh, that's kinda of the the uh, place we are in our life though is is we want everything like this and right now and that's just not necessarily how God works because God doesn't work he's not governed by time God is eternal and so his plan is eternal. We are the only ones affected by time. We are the only ones subject, subject to time. And so the way that God works is he interjects into time, which he created, uh, and works in the lives of you and me. And so when we get to, uh, I think, I, I, need, I need to be married. I, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to, we're, 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 this is the way that we work because our life is running out and we've got to hurry up and, and have this and do this and do this now. And, and, and God doesn't do that. He, he doesn't work like that. Um, sometimes the Lord moves speedily, but usually when he's working in our life, he's developing in us. We were talking about that this morning, uh, even in, in, in musicians' practices, that God is way more interested in who we are uh, than what we do because of this. He knows that if we are who we're supposed to be, we'll do what we're supposed to do. And uh, so many times we get ahead and think, well, I just need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do that. Like you just, we just need to focus on being who God's called us to be and the obedience the response the work in and through our lives uh, will bring God glory and so um, but again we see uh, different uh, situations here with with Rachel she's barren and uh, we got up to the point where she uh, had a child but again it, it wasn't um, without a bunch of mess. We, we saw that. Leah was the older sister who Jacob got tricked into marrying first, and um, she started having babies. Leah started having babies. Rachel couldn't. Uh, so Rachel gives her handmaiden, and her handmaiden starts having babies by proxy through, uh, for, for Rachel. But in this point in our study, both women are barren. Both women uh, have, uh, Leah's, ha- Leah's had children, but now she can't Rachel has never had her natural, children, uh, natural child until Joseph. Um, the interesting thing is this. Um, they were in this competition, this, this seeming competition uh, of who was going to be the better wife because of the children that they could give to, to Jacob. And as a man, we said last week, we know Jacob was probably okay with this scenario, right? Uh, the, the, the prostitution of Jacob with uh, Reuben's mandrakes, this love fruit that was supposed to help fertility. Uh, Rachel was okay with doing that, and so Leah goes, and what happens? Leah ends up getting pregnant and having even more children. The interesting situation is this. The tally at this point in time, Leah has six natural children herself. I'm sorry, six natural sons and one natural daughter. Seven kids by Leah. Rachel has two sons by proxy through her handmaiden, and she has only one natural son, Joseph, which, again, is the central figure of our study life. And uh, if you've been here, you know we've been talking about his lineage. Um, The reason why we've gone back is kind of get a picture of of where Joseph came from. Uh, We're going to eventually get to his life and see what his life looked like, and then we'll look at his legacy as well. Uh, But again, seeing these very helpful lessons for family, for life, for service, for salvation, all of these things, different charges, challenges along the way. And so this morning, hopefully we'll get a couple more of those and be able to take them with us and apply them in our lives. So let's pray, and we'll get into this. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you again for allowing us to be here. Lord, you are worthy of, uh, as we uh, sang that song uh, uh, just a a few minutes ago, of every breath we could ever, ever breathe, every song we could ever sing. You're worthy of every second of our life, and I pray that as we're gathered here in this place for your name, for your sake, uh, that we would be present, Lord, that we would be engaged, that we wouldn't let this opportunity pass us by, this special moment gathered as your people for your name, uh, surrounded um, by your spirit, filled with your spirit, um, Lord, in, in remembering your word and being taught your word. God, it's all about you, and we want it to be all about you. So, Lord, I pray that you would just speak through me uh, so that you would be glorified and so that every single one of us in this room uh, would give to you what you deserve and also receive from you uh, what we need. And, uh, Lord, if there's someone here that has never placed their faith in Jesus Christ, Lord, maybe they've never heard that you loved them so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for their sins. Lord, maybe they've never realized that they could have every sin they've ever committed wiped away because of the blood. Maybe they don't realize that you rose again and you offer life to all that would put their faith in you. I pray that they would come to that place today where they surrender their life to you and they would experience forgiveness. They'd experience salvation. They would be born again and they would have that free gift of eternal life that only you can offer. And uh, Lord, again, we'll praise you for that as well. Lord, just move now and we'll thank you for it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, Rachel finally has her natural son, Joseph. Joseph is born, and all seems to be well. Jacob goes to his his uncle-slash-father-in-law and um, asks for his wives, his family, and all of his stuff. He's ready. All right, let me go live my life now. I've fulfilled all this. I've got what I wanted. And that's where we pick up our study. If you have your Bibles in Genesis chapter 30, we look at verse 27, and here is Laban's response to that. He said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in the eyes, Terry, because I've learned by experience, or that word experience could be translated divination, uh, that the Lord has blessed me because of you. So that's, that's where Laban is. Again, remember, Laban has already tricked him. Laban's not a, a, an upright character in the Bible that we, we can say, man, this is a guy that I would trust. He's already tricked uh, Jacob, and now he's saying by divination, I've learned that God has blessed me because of you now the reality was this that god had blessed laban but he said it was through divination and he said appoint me thy wages tell me what i owe you and i will give it to you not only was laban not this this upstanding individual we also know that jacob was an amazing upright upstanding model of a person of of someone having faith in god again We saw in his life and the choices that he was making that he was rushing and he had made a mess of his life. I mean, how many kids right now does he have by by four different ladies? I mean, that's a pretty big mess. Um, And as I said last week, somebody somebody may ask the question, well, if Jacob, who is eventually going to be Israel, which would be the nation of Israel, which is the nation that God chose even through Abraham, Jacob's grandfather, if this is that nation that God chose, I mean, why wouldn't God choose... I mean, just this perfect, holy, upright, upstanding individual to to bring about a nation that he would choose to use for all of the world to see as an example of what he wants with every nation and what he wants with every person. We're going to see that this morning. I'm going to answer the question right now. We're going to see why I believe that he did that. We know that Jacob, because of all this, was a perfect picture though, of what God's grace looks like. What God's grace looks like. You say, said, man, I, I, I don't know that I deserve to be blessed. I don't know that I, I deserve to, for God to use me. I mean, my life, it, it's, it's not been good. I haven't made good choices. I've not been, been faithful to God. I, I mean, Maybe you're even here and you, and you know you're a Christian, you know you're saved, maybe you show up at church every time the doors are open and, and, and you're trying, but you, in your life right now, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not living for God the way I'm supposed to. I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not even reading his word myself. I mean, the most reading I get is when I come to church. I, I'm not even praying. I'm not even calling out to God right now. I'm not really in a good place right now. If, I, don't, I don't really feel like I deserve for God to bless me. Now, maybe we have an entitlement mentality. Maybe we think that just because we are the children of God, we deserve these blessings. Or maybe because we see somebody else being blessed, we think that we should be blessed just like them whatever the case may be, but maybe you're there and you say, I don't know that I deserve to be blessed because of where I'm at and what I'm doing. I will say this, neither did Jacob. He didn't deserve to be used. He didn't deserve to be blessed. He didn't deserve to experience really anything good. Think about again how his, 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 his journey started to find a wife, right? He had, he had deceived his dad. He deceived his brother. He, he, he cohorted with his mom. All of these things were just not good scenarios. And now he's find himself, found himself in an even bigger mess because of all the choices he's been making. The interesting thing about that, too, as I want to point out, is this, that it was choices that he was making. Right? I mean, it wasn't Abraham. It wasn't Isaac. He could have looked back and said, you know, you know it's, it's because of this. Listen... You, maybe you come from a, a, a sordid background. Maybe you come from a difficult, difficult uh, life experience coming up to now, um, and you say, man, I, 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 it's because of this, it's because of that. Jacob could have done the same thing, but the reality was Jacob was making decisions himself. He's making choices. And, 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 and he was in the present, he was in the now. He could have made different choices, but he didn't. And sometimes we think in our life, because I made this choice, or because I made the mistake, because I've messed up, because I've done this, I'm completely disqualified. Again, just remember what we're studying right now. God's grace doesn't always make logical or human sense to us. And so Jacob, by human standard, we would look at his life and say, man, he doesn't need to be used at all. I mean, I wouldn't trust Jacob further than I could throw him, let alone bring about an entire nation through his family. Why would God do that? and again as i shared last week this this family it seems to be getting a lot bigger and a lot more complex a lot more of a mess right four different ladies all these different kids eventually we're going to know in the end there's going to be 12 different tribes of jacob of israel that the lord would use but guess what happens through all of that a bunch of mess and so said, so well, what would it look like though if 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 jacob would have not done that what if what if he would have been, been privy to what was going on, and he only married Rachel, and he only had one son. I would have think that would probably look a little bit more like what God had intended when he created Adam and Eve before sin. Like, there's one way. That's what Jesus came to the earth. There's one way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I think, there's one, I think God, that's what his desire is. But I think it's a perfect illustration of man's messing things up Making it more, more complex. And then God coming through and saying, look. Just as he said to, to, to the Roman believers through the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6. When he said, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. Amen. The Paul's question was, so that we just continue to sin even more? So that God's grace is even more? God forbid, he said. May it never be. That's not what it's about. We do enough of ourselves of making a mess of things. But it's never greater than the grace that God can give. And so we see in this, this, uh, this person, making this mess doesn't deserve anything good. We don't deserve anything good. We honestly don't deserve to be blessed, regardless of the American mentality that we have. And again, we're really good at making a big mess of things. But I want to also remind us this morning, that's what makes it grace. Right? That's what makes grace, grace. What is grace? It's unmerited. What is, what is merit? It's deserved, earned. When you get a merit badge, it's because you've done something. So unmerited, unearned favor. That's what grace is. So that's what we get when we get saved. We get the grace of God. It's because of the grace of God that we are able to be saved. It's not because we've earned anything or we got good enough or, or, or we got good enough for God to forgive us finally. No, it's none of that. It's, it's unearned, undeserved Favor that God extends. It's what he's given to Jacob. It's what he's displaying for all the world. It's what us, even 3,700 years later, are studying and seeing how God would use such an amazing mess and such an amazing mess of a person to bring about the Savior of all mankind. Because that's exactly where Jesus came from, the lineage that Jesus came from. Why would God do this, though? Why would God use somebody like Jacob? Why would he allow Israel to become such a mess? Because, right, we know the story. Uh, We we did that even in returning to God. Just a small picture of that that study we did on Sunday mornings, returning to God, that that Israel had made such a mess of things. I mean, the divided kingdom became a a horrible mess. Any point in time, God could have said to the nation of Israel and, and even to the southern kingdom at some point in time to say, you know what, I'm just wiping you guys out again. Y'all aren't getting it. But again, I believe the reason why God didn't do that, the reason why God still wants to use us, even today when we mess up and we fall short and we don't hit the mark and we don't deserve to be blessed and we don't deserve to be used, I believe the reason why is to show over and 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 over again that it's never been by nor ever will be by The merit of man. It's not based on our goodness, nor will it ever be. It's not on our efforts, nor will it ever be. Say, man, I I, want to do this, and I'm going to do all these great things for God. No, you will not. God will do great things through you. It's never been by man. It's only been by the Lord. I was talking this morning, and... uh, uh, kind of referencing this verse. Again, I had a meeting last week and referenced this as well, uh, and I felt like the Lord. It was part of this this, this message and stuff. And so it's First Corinthians chapter one, and you, should, you can follow along on the screen. Paul is talking to this Corinthian church, who's so supremely blessed by the 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 the, the, the talents and the abilities, even the spiritual gifts uh, that God had given to these believers there in Corinth. But they were a, a very pagan influenced society. They were they were even, I believe kind of full of themselves in the spirit, if you will. I mean, they were exploiting and really lifting up certain gifts and certain people because of what they had and what they did and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, so so Paul is addressing them in this first letter, and he, he talks about how the cross is foolishness to, to them that, that, that perish, and uh, but it's life to those who believe. And, and he goes on, and he, and, and, he, and he begins to explain this whole dynamic about God's working in and through mankind. And in verse 26, it says, so he's talking to the church there, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble men are called. Even Jesus came. He didn't come as, uh, as a child of an earthly king. He came and he was born in a, in a lowly estate. Again, to demonstrate what it's about. In verse 27, he says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I read an article um, a couple days ago uh, about, uh, it's so funny, that uh, these scientists, uh, two scientists were collaborating on this study and they were studying uh, DNA and the DNA, uh, they were trying to essentially uh, prove creation wrong, but what ended up happening is is just the opposite they, they came in and, and they realized that there's not enough distinction to show uh what they were hoping to prove in their study that would eventually uh, essentially say evolution has weight it did just the opposite and and further damage through technology today and 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 study of uh, of genetics and stuff that it has less weight they even came to the to the to this place and they said you know what um, we will even say that maybe we are wrong about the, the age of the earth wow. and animals and stuff. So much so that what we're seeing in, the, in, in our study is maybe the earth is only hundred to 200,000. Now some of you may say, big deal, that's still a long time. No, 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 no. In evolution, they're talking about trillions of years of evolution. So for them to concede that there's possibly only hundred thousand years in all of this, is a big deal. We're well, not going to hear about that, right? We're not going to hear about that in mainstream news. We're not going to hear about any of that stuff. Uh, matter of fact, one of the scientists said, I, "It's not. I don't like it. You know. I was hoping to find evidence the other way." God's chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, wise in, in man's eyes. And God's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Listen, in the base things of the world and the things which are despised, yea, hath God, uh, God hath chosen, yea, in things which are not, that, that, that aren't, to bring to naught those that are out of nothing, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Jesus Christ. You, you, are, in, you, you are of God because of Jesus Christ who, is, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He's saying this. Listen, Jesus Christ is everything to you. You have no redemption. You have no sanctification. You have no wisdom or righteousness well, apart from Jesus Christ. He is all those things for you. And here's the reason why. That according as it is written, he that glorieth. Let him glory in the Lord. That's why all praise goes to God for anything. All all of it, blessings, God using us, it's all to the glory of God the Father. It's all by the grace of God. Again, that salvation, that's every blessing that we have in this life. Some argue this this point, though, because there's a lot of of people in the world that think, well, I, I work really hard and I have worked my whole life, I've worked my tail off to have what I have and to be where I am. My answer to them, awesome. But you don't. You don't have what you have because of that. You, you say, well, I, I disagree because I have earned everything that I have. I've earned it. I built this company up. I, I, I started this job at this position, and now I'm in this position, and I did this, and I did that. Listen, you don't. The truth is this, hard work usually does pay off, but what about that person who has labored their entire life working just as hard, just as, as, as long days and long hours, and doesn't have as much as that person does? See, the truth is this, we don't have the bodies we're sitting in right now, we don't have the lungs that are breathing, the brains, we have no... Country, we have no job, we have no ability, we have nothing without the Lord's blessings. Amen. Nothing. So, nothing we can really say, This is my work, this is my doing. No, no, no. This is an opportunity God's given you and the blessings that He's afforded to you. That's just the reality. Now, we have, we actually uh, absolutely do have ambition and diligence, and we are to give ourselves, you know, as Colossians 3 says, to do everything as unto the Lord. Absolutely. But the person who's given themselves and, and doing everything as unto the Lord and still has absolutely nothing in this world's eyes isn't any less than the person that gives their absolute all and God has endowed them with great worldly blessings as well. As a matter of fact, Scripture would support that this would be a harder life to live with more. I mean, it's the case of American Christianity now. That's what it is. We have so much, and we're so busy. I don't think that we've remembered the value of being a child of the King, of being a servant of the King. Because we're so easily swept away in the serving ourselves, and serving other things. But the faster that we can get to that place, that we are nothing and we have nothing without Him, the freer we are to serve with the right perspective of his blessings. And I'm telling you what, the faster that we can get to, I don't deserve anything. I don't, I don't deserve any blessing. I don't deserve to be used. I don't, I, 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 me and my own merit, my own. I don't deserve anything. But here's what I deserve. I deserve hell. Because what I'm good at in my own accord is sinning. That's it. And that's every single one of us in here, no matter how good we think we are. Just as, as the Apostle Paul said, that it, 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 that jesus christ he is our only sanctification redemption righteousness and wisdom we have none of that without him so he's our everything even to live a life of, uh, of victory and, and obedience to the lord we can't do it without him so again the faster that we get to that place the freer we become and we begin to see his grace as as such a blessing to serve him in just as he used Jacob as an example of what his grace looks like. His decision to use Jacob, and still today, to use us, is just the same. And that's point number one. God's decision to use us is based on grace. It's not based on, oh, I'm going to do all these things, and then maybe now God will use me like this. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm going to be be this person. then God, no, 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 no. Again, God is is concerned with who we are. And and who we are will drive what we do. As I said in the very beginning. And and, and I want us to understand a a couple of things in this. It doesn't mean that you say, well, just like we we said a while ago in Romans chapter 6, where Paul said, so should we just continue on sinning so that God's grace continues to show up more and more in our life? His answer was, God God forbid. How how can we, and this was his response, how can we continue to live in sin when we're dead to sin? So the answer to, say, so are you saying that in order for me to be used of God, I just need to kind of pull back and chill and not worry about doing what I'm supposed to do and just kind of let God's grace show up and then use me? No, 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 no. The Bible says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it's sin. And so we have a responsibility, absolutely. We have a, 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 these things that we are to strive for. We are to, to be holy as he is holy. We are to, to, to do all these things, to trust and to obey, absolutely. But it all originates from a, a position, the posture of the heart. Who I am and really who it's all about. And we get that settled, then man, God can really use us, no matter who we are. No matter, no matter how bad you think you are, how, how good the world thinks you are. good. You, no, 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 no. It's being that right place. See, the apostle Paul himself in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 said this in verse 9. For I'm the least of the apostles that I, listen to these words, that I'm not meet. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. And here's the reason why. Because I per- persecuted the church of God. Look, I'm serving the Lord and I'm serving the church of God. I don't even deserve to be a messenger for the Lord to his church. Why? Because I, I was somebody who was persecuting that very church. I'm the very least qualified person to be ministering to the church, Paul said. I'm the least qualified because I was killing the church. He's talking as in man's eyes. So who are we going to use to really reach the world and really build up the church who who are we gonna who, who would god send out and 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 do phenomenal things around the the known world there in asia minor at, 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 at this point in time and maybe people would look around and say well oh, uh, let's see um, peter's already had his faults no okay john 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 really seemed to stay with jesus the whole time and loved him as the apostle that that jesus loved and he, and he put his ch- uh, head on jesus chest and uh, maybe it was john now god used john of course we know there there's amazing things done in and through his life but that's not who god used to advance the church through the known world it was somebody who was persecuting the church before they met jesus christ i mean it, some people see that maybe that's a humorous thing but god has a sense of humor who am i going to use i'm going to use somebody that was destroying the church to actually build the church So that's why the Apostle Paul had the right perspective. I'm nobody, he said. I'm I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called because I I was persecuted in the church. And listen to what he says. Again, this was the posture and the position of his heart. Look what he says. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's only because of that. It's not because um, I, I, I knew the scriptures as a Pharisee. It's not because I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. It's not because I was of the, the, the tribe of Benjamin. It's not because of any of these things. Because remember, he told that, that, that church, I count all these things but loss. They're but done that I may win Christ. So I, I'm only being used of God. I'm only an apostle only by the grace of god nothing else and look what it says and his grace was bestowed upon me uh, which was bestowed upon me is not in vain it wasn't in vain because i received his grace and i understood that i didn't deserve a thing i didn't deserve to be called a child of god let alone serve as a child of god i didn't deserve any of those things and so his grace when he gave it to me i fully embraced the opportunity to serve the lord in any capacity that he gave to me because I didn't deserve to do anything, but die for the Lord. I didn't deserve to do anything. I deserved to die for him. And so when he gave me his grace, he didn't give it to me in vain. This is how I responded. I labored more abundantly than they all. Isn't that an amazing perspective, right? To to, to think, what do I deserve? I deserve hell. What am I good at? I'm good at sinning. I have nothing good in, in me at all. The only good thing about me is Jesus Christ. And so, as this this amazing opportunity is presented to me, as a child of God, to live in a free nation, to to, to have so many blessings surrounding me, to have the the freedom to share the faith and and, and to speak the word of God and to live uh, without persecution or fear of persecution in this world, how do we receive the grace of God? Paul said, what he gave me, the grace he gave me, was not given to me for naught. This is what I did with the grace that was given to me. I labored more abundantly because I realized I am the chiefest of sinners. He said, I labored more abundantly than they all. He said, but it's not about me. It's not I. It's with the grace of God that's within me. Again, that's, that's the perspective that Paul had. He wasn't in a human competition. He wasn't in, because again, he, he, he said, um, uh, or is that to... Uh, uh, oh, and in, in, in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we, we looked at that last week, where he said, look, th- there's, there's problems inside your church because somebody's saying, I'm of Apollo, I'm of Apollos. Paul's saying, look, quit it. It's not about us. It's not about the person who plants. It's not about the plant, person who sows. It's about God who gives the increase. If we all get to that place, again, as I said a while ago, the, the, the faster we get to that place, the freer we are to serve in the grace of God. With, with vibrancy and excitement. Look, I'll do anything for God. That's, that should be our heart. Why? Because the grace that he's given to me. How, how, how often do we look at the, uh, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of my notes, but how often do we look at our service for the church as a blessing to the church and not a blessing to us? Amen. Oh, okay. Let me say it again. Maybe you didn't hear it. How often do we look at our service to the church as a blessing to the church and not actually a blessing to us? why why is it like that because we think it's about us we 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 think that that when i do this for the church i somebody better see it somebody better notice it somebody better say something i mean i better be appreciated uh it it, it better be something that 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 gives me gratification knowing that i'm doing something that makes a difference we forget it's not about us It's not about us at all again that's where the apostle paul was that's why he could say you know what if i lose my life it's gain to die is gain because the only life i know to live is christ he's my life he's everything that's what he told the colossians he said when christ who is our life will appear that that that's that's the mindset again that that we need to have that Again, it's only by the grace of God that we have salvation. It's only by the grace of God that we have life. It's only by the grace of God that we can serve. It's only by the grace of God that we have the blessings. It's a, all of it is the grace of God. And all of it is about God. The faster we can get there, the freer it becomes. The more joy we have in serving. You know, maybe you came this morning and you had a responsibility to serve. Or maybe you have a place in the church and you serve. And, you, and, and you're, you're to a place where you're saying, "Yeah, man, I'm struggling to continue to serve. Why? Stop looking at you and start looking at Christ and it'll stop. I promise, it'll stop. You stop focusing on you and what you want and what's not fun and not comfortable and not easy. Stop that and start remembering who it's all about. Again, we so easily, so quickly make it about us and it's all about him. Again, Paul, said he, he got it. I'm not saying he was perfect. He, we know he wasn't. But he realized he wasn't worthy and when he realized that, he was able to give us all. But again, we take that position, that attitude, those actions in, in the speech that not only is it the church, which is the body of Christ, it's, it's, it's connected to Christ. You can't separate the two. But it's really a privilege for God for us to do something for him. And so I said, don't, I don't think that way. I think, again, with our attitude, our actions, and our speech, sometimes that's the way it really is. It comes across that God really is getting a good deal with our service. Man, I could ask for a whole lot more, God, but you got me. This is what it is. You get all of this, you know. For just a little bit, you know, I mean. So I never said, no, I, again, maybe our approach, our attitude, our mindset, our heart set in, in that. God, you're really getting a good deal with my faithfulness to you. God, you're really, you're really getting a, a really good bang for your buck in the fact that I serve you every Sunday. You really get a good deal in the fact that I, I shared the gospel once. Again, we, we have this mindset that it's about us and that it's a privilege for God to get something from us. Now listen, God loves, he inhabits the praise of his people that our that prayers that they come of his incense before. Yes, he loves it because it's about a relationship and it's about a right perspective that we have in that relationship with God. It's a blessing. He loves us. Absolutely. I think that we forget that, and we get the relationship skewed on our end. And because of this, I think that's why serving God, which again, how that how that looks, what does that look like in, in, in our time? What's well, called the church age. The way the reason why it's called the church age is because jesus instituted the church it was his vehicle it's his body he said i'm walking this earth right now but pretty soon i'm going to go away and you are going to be the body you are going to be my body on this earth but i'm not going to leave you without a comfort and a helper so i'm going to send the holy spirit to guide you in this but it's still going to be through the body it's still going to be through the church so again i think we can forget that serving for god in and through his body." can sometimes and so easily be discarded. I've got other things to do. i have got some other important stuff to take care of. And I just wonder what that looks like when we slap that grace away. Because remember, it's a privilege for us to serve. It's not a privilege for God for us to serve him. And I, and I, and I feel like that's kind of the, what we do. Well, it's not a big deal. Thanks, God, anyways. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to show up. And I I think that when we lose focus of what God's grace really is to us, what what God's grace really does for us, everything changes. Our heart set, our mindset, our faithfulness, our service, everything becomes that privilege for us. And I think it's from that place. I'm only going to get point one today. (laughs) It's only from that place that I think God can really use us to impact others for Him. Because I I think that's what we lose focus of. We lose focus of, I think most of you are familiar with this, but what what is the great commandment? It's interactive time. What is the great commandment, what we consider the great commandment in Scripture? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then what is the second part? What? Love your neighbor as yourself. And and Jesus even said uh, in in another place, uh, a pretty high standard is this. Love one another as I have loved you. Again, his using us is a blessing. So what is it then that we're missing? We're we're, we're forgetting and we're missing that it's all about us loving God and loving other people. All the blessings of God are a work of his grace. And we've seen that throughout the study already, but we come to this and it becomes very clear. Sometimes those blessings of God are used in moments that we are at our worst. If you've been a Christian, I think that you've experienced this, you know, you know what I mean. But sometimes you're you're just not you're not where you're supposed to be in your heart, you're not where you're supposed to be in in that perspective of serving God. You're really struggling with with, with faithfulness. You really struggle with serving. You're really struggling. You're just not where you're supposed to be. And then all of a sudden, God comes along sometimes with with an emotional blessing, sometimes with a spiritual blessing, sometimes even with a tangible, physical blessing. And, And this blessing comes to your life and you look and you say, man, why would God do something? Why would God bless me like this? I'm being pretty rotten right now. My attitude stinks. My, my heart stinks. I'm not right with my spouse. I, I, my, my attitude towards the church is wrong. Why would God bless me like that right now? I believe the scripture would support that God does that sometimes to humble us and to cause us to repent and to return to that right fellowship. As I shared recently, the uh, the, the instance where we deserved the, the spanking for the towels on the floor and that mercy was given at that point in time. And, and we became believers through that, that blessing. We, we turned our things changed from that point forward. And sometimes that's what we get. And sometimes when we get it, we get it like that. But then sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we miss that we don't deserve it, we don't deserve this goodness, we don't deserve this blessing, we don't deserve this this healthy season, we don't deserve any of these things. We, 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 We miss it, we miss that point altogether. And it just gets worse. People do it even when it comes to salvation. Even as I was praying earlier, maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And maybe you've heard it many times that God loved you and he came to this earth and he he died on a cross for your sins and and he rose again and he gives life to all who would put their faith in him and and, and, and that faith looks like an absolute surrender it looks like I'm turning away from living my life for me I'm turning away from living my life at what I'm good at which is sinning and I'm going to turn my life over to Jesus Christ and I'm going to follow him that's faith. I'm, I'm going to trust him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, how, how do I follow him? What does that look like? It means he's given us words and directions and, and directives. And, and I'm going to, by faith, trust him and follow him in his word. I'm going to live a life that he's designed, not a life that I desire in my own. And some people see this, and, and they see it as a, as a cursing, not a blessing. They say, well, well, that means I can't live my life for me anymore. I can't sin anymore. I can't, I can't do what I want to do whenever I want to do. They they only see that. They don't see that this life, that life, could end today. And then it's all of eternity. Forevermore. They don't realize that this life of selfishness and sin and, and self serving could end in the next hour. And then it's all of eternity. They don't see that God's amazing grace, his amazing love, was that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That the, the offer to, to, to wash us and to forgive us of every sin we've ever committed and to give us eternal life, to live in heaven with him forever, is an amazing blessing, is an amazing gift of his grace. Some people don't get that. And so they miss those offers of salvation time and time again. And, and again, maybe you hear this morning as the musicians make their way And you've passed up that offer time and time again. You've never come forward and said, you know what, I want to I I be saved. I want to accept God's gift of salvation and forgiveness. And maybe today you'd do that. Maybe you'd not pass it up and you would come forward today and say, you know what, I want to be saved. I, I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to make sure that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven versus hell. But not only do people miss it, in that offer of salvation. But people, I think us, those of us who are saved, I think we miss it even after accepting the offer. Again, Jacob wasn't a perfect example of trusting God. Jacob, much like Abraham, had rushed and messed things up, not only for himself and his family, but for the whole world. Again, we've talked about that. Much like Isaac, his dad. He had compounded this mess that would lead to a divided nation. But again, neither of them and none of us deserve to be used of God only by His grace, only through His righteous imparting to us that we can be used of God. This morning, just this first point, I didn't even get to John 15, Romans chapter 6, maybe we'll touch on those a little bit next week if the Lord wills, but um, this morning, maybe it was just a resetting of a perspective, a heart set that we needed. Maybe, maybe we were thinking, again, as I said a while ago, my faithfulness to God, my service to God, it's really about me. And maybe this morning the Lord was just wanting to remind us, it's not at all about us. I mean, it is in the fact that God has this relationship with us and he wants to use us but it's all about him. He gets all of the glory because all of the the things that he uses to use us, remember, righteousness, sanctification, wisdom, all that, it all comes from him anyways. So there's no way that we can do anything apart from him. So maybe this morning is just a reminder, you know what, it's a privilege to be a child of God. It's a privilege to be an American and a child of God. It's a privilege to have this freedom and, and, and all these blessings. It's, it's, all these are blessings and privileges of God. It's easy to look at our current circumstance so my health's not great, my finances aren't great. But listen, look, all of that's temporary stuff. Let's look at the eternal. I have eternal life. I have a, an eternal opportunity to serve God and his eternal kingdom. All of these are amazing blessings. And I'm not going to let the temporal trials and struggles and, 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 and all those things, I'm not going to let them pull me down and rob me of the amazing blessings that I have right now, to be able to serve the Lord, to be used of God, because I don't deserve it. Not a person in here does. I don't, nobody in here does, nobody. You say, well, I, I read the Bible every single day. I, I, I pray, I'm walking in holiness for the Lord. Amen, praise God. That's what God wants for every single one of us. But that doesn't make you worthy. God's grace that does. It's, it, he extends it. Again, we have the response, we have the responsibility. We have all those things. Yes, we are to strive to be those things. But that's not why God uses. It's only by his grace. Maybe this morning, just you want to come and say, "You know what? God, thank you for your grace, because I am a chief of sinners. I am the least worthy person to be serving you. God, I, am, I, I, I thank you for the privilege. Of being your child thank you for the privilege of being able to serve you in any way in your kingdom even if my job was to go around and and pick up trash or to take the trash out or to to clean toilets or to to run the sound or preach no anything i can do for you lord for your body for your for your kingdom for for others is a privilege it's a privilege and again if you're here and you've never given your life to christ and don't pass this opportunity up. Don't pass this offer up. It's, it's an offer that God's extended to you. Listen, he loves you and he wants to forgive you. He wants to wipe the slate clean. He wants to give you eternal life. That's, he, he wants it so bad that that's why he died. So I, I encourage you to come. We'll have a couple of people down here and they can show you in God's word even more of how you can have that relationship with the Lord. But don't wait. Don't say, oh, maybe next service or maybe next time. Or, I'll... Look, just come. Let somebody show you in God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word and thank you for this reminder, Lord, that, Lord, everything that we are, everything we have, even anything that we can do for you in any way that you use us in our life, it's all because of your grace. Lord, if we're just honest with ourselves and we really look at our lives, every single one of us, again, what we're good at is is disobeying you. What we're good at in our own self is rebelling against you. What we're good at in our own flesh is is sinning. It's just the way that the flesh is wired, Lord. God, we're thankful that you've given us your spirit. We're thankful that you've given us salvation. You've given us your word, and again, your grace and your mercy. You've given us the opportunity. And so I pray that in your grace, just as, as the apostle Paul devoted himself, that we would, by your grace, devote ourselves to labor with every fiber of our being for your glory and for your kingdom. or just move down this invitation. And again, if there's somebody that's lost, I pray they would come. I'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.